Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday after a long week, and we're getting ready for the free agent frenzy on Monday. Uh, we'll be doing a show of at least a couple hours. Not sure if it's starting at 11 or 12, but stay tuned to Hockey Buzz. We will let you know. Uh, should have a full crew on on board uh, with Ak dropping in and out uh, to check on you know some you know messages and things that he gets from his sources. Um, Peter, we'll start with, and Ak will be joining us in a few minutes. Uh, we'll start with the news, and it's not confirmed yet, and I don't believe it can be until July 1st because he's an RFA, although, no, he's their property. So they could do it at any time. But Larry Brooks in his column this morning uh, in the New York Post reported that the Rangers and Jacob Truba are close on a long-term extension. And, you know, after the trade, you know, you pretty much expected that he wasn't going to go someplace unless it was someplace he really wanted to sign long term. And the report is uh, either six or seven years at between, I think it was seven and seven and a half to eight million dollars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's something that the Jets were just not going to be able to do. So, I mean, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but it's, I, I sort of mixed about it because I think he's getting what he probably was going to get on the open market one year away from unrestricted free agency. This is about what I think he would have gotten as a free agent, maybe a little more. What do you think? I think it's in the ballpark. Um, I do think it's a little bit of an overpayment. And knowing that he wanted to be there, you would have think he, the Rangers could have maybe, if this comes to fruition at this level, extract a little bit of a discount on that because I don't think it is a discount in any way, no. shape, or form. But then again, we're dealing with a Kurt Overhart client and he goes to the he goes to the wall and then climbs over it and goes up the other side for his client. So, you know, they they made it, you know, clear and they had all the cards in their hand. Signs for one year will you know he'll go wherever best fits them. So, you know, they were a little handcuffed. I don't think the Jets were ever wanting to pay him this much until they saw him do what he did last year consistently. And that was probably always going to be, be the case, no matter whether he wanted to be there or not. So at this point, I, I think if, if he, if this is where it signed and he'd given them the option of, yeah, I want to be here, but it's going right. to cost this much, they probably would have explored. It otherwise, this thing is too rich for their blood, given that they're paying Bufflin that basic amount for another two years. They have Josh Morrissey coming up after next season. I think between Morrissey and Truba, they probably double down on Morrissey at that level as opposed to Truba. Yeah, and I know that Brian Burke on the uh, on the Hockey Central show thought that this was a bit of an overpayment, and I don't agree with his assessment, though. He said that he thought Truba was more of a second-pairing defenseman. I think he's a top-pairing defenseman, and he said, he said that he wasn't an offensive defenseman. Well, he scored over 50 points this year, so I, I don't yeah. – that might be a good best. He proved that the offense was there this year. 
Right. And that was the one thing that was always the question about him. Right. And Jacob Truba is not a top pairing defenseman on maybe five teams in the NHL simply right. because of who they have. And you know what? I'd like Brian Burke to name me name me the other twenty six teams that he wouldn't be on. Like name me any more than that. Yeah, I, because I, there's there's not many. He'd definitely he'd definitely be on Toronto's. I know I know that for sure. Yeah, on Toronto. He'd I, maybe Calgary, um, San Jose, Carolina. Yeah. Well, St. Louis maybe Boston. St. Louis, Boston. Boston. Yeah, maybe five, maybe yeah. six or seven teams. That, you know, yeah. the, ironically, the teams that probably made it to the at least to the quarterfinals because yeah. you know it seemed to me that all the teams that had really good defenses advanced. I mean, da- I mean Dallas with you know Heiskanen and Klingberg and th- and that group that they have. Uh, uh, um, uh, God, I'm trying to blank on the kid who played thirty thirty minutes a game, almost thirty minutes a game during the play. Not not. Uh, not Honka, but there was another one. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, there's there are not many teams where I think I think uh, Truba isn't a top pairing guy. But I think Burke was just saying that. I think I think Burke's assessment was like a two years ago assessment that he wasn't a big offensive guy. I don't think he's a point guy in the power play, but on on the Rangers, he's not going to have to be if it's if they have Shattenkirk and guys like Fox uh, who might be yeah. who might be that type of defenseman. Then that you know he's going to. I think he's going to settle in as a as the top pairing guy. The guy who will hit, the guy who will eat twenty-five minutes a night, and for those guys, paying them seven over seven million dollars is par for the course. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna cost you. That's true. I mean, it's just it's um it's a lot of money to pay for a guy who proved he had the complete game for one season. So maybe he does. That's all it is. And you know, you you've got and I'm not saying he shouldn't get that money. I'm just saying it's a lot of money to pay for that. And that's the bet. Doesn't mean it's a bad bet. That's just the bet. Right. And I'll will stick with some signings here um until Act gets on on board. And again, it's just, there's a Winnipeg connection here. And I, I think there's a lot to read into this. And it's a minor signing, but you know, um just for it's not gonna be all Toronto all the time, but I thought that this was um very uh, interesting that the Leafs uh, re-up Michael Hutchinson for a year at $700,000 on a one-way contract. Um, to my mind, Peter, this spells the end of Garrett Sparks in Toronto. Uh, I think Hutchinson has been signed as the backup for Frederick Anderson. Um you know, at seven hundred thousand dollars, is a cheap number two. It's a guy who's capable of playing twenty to twenty-five games in the NHL, which is what the the Leafs need at least to uh, a backup to play to to take a little bit of the burden off of Anderson. And when he played five games uh, in late December and early January, I thought Hutchinson played pretty well. And we know that there's no confidence in Garrett Sparks since they they pulled him, uh, you know, off the roster. Uh, for the playoffs and put Hutchinson in as the backup. So you, you've had experience with Hutchinson as a backup. I think he's Look, a capable guy. I think he's a capable guy. I, I think the, the thing that the Leafs need to do is let him embrace some stability in his life. He's been to Florida. He's been back. He's been jettisoned from the Jets. The ending with the Jets was a little up and down. He was lightening it up in the AHL, um, playing with Comrie, having incredible, you know, he was like, less than two goals against the game, like a 930 save percentage, really good. And he came up and it just wasn't working for him when he got pulled, drawn back up into Winnipeg. And there may have been a little bit of um, begrudgeness because he wanted a chance to play someplace else and they wouldn't trade him. 
So he signs a one-year deal with Florida last year. He ends up in Toronto. Hopefully this stabilizes some things. He's got, um, you know, he's married with a lady here in Winnipeg. Um, that's a nice hop, skip, and a jump for his personal life for her. Directly to, uh, Canada come, Canada yeah, or Canada. You, know, you know, and she's got a business here that's quite well known. Hopefully for him, he... Uh, he sort of settles into this and says, okay, this is where my opportunity is and embraces it and, you know, gets, gets the trust of Mike Babcock and is used in a way that he can uh, build a little bit of a resume for himself to finish out his career. Yeah. And if you look at the situation right now with the Leafs in terms of their goaltending, Anderson's the number one uh, sparks did not do well last year. I think that the organization has lost confidence in him. And a couple of weeks ago, it was reported that uh, they were looking essentially to trade him off to give him an op a, a second chance. Cause I really don't think Babcock is going to give sparks an opportunity next year. I think it would now with Hutchinson in the fold, if it's a question between Hutchinson and sparks, uh, yeah. they're going to, they're going to go with Hutchinson uh, and, you know, Sparks could get claimed on waivers by somebody, but I think that maybe a 25 year old goaltender who won a Calder cup would get uh, some interest just to not to, to dump his contract, but you know, maybe you get a low round pick, but they have a, they have a young goaltender in Joseph wall, who was the uh, team USA goaltender that won a world junior a couple years ago, um, played three years at Boston college. He's going to need to play at least a year, maybe two years in the American hockey league to be ready for the NHL. Another uh, prospect in Ian Scott, who played for team Canada at the world junior this year. So they have two prospects and those prospects need to play and play as much as possible. So there's really going to be no room for sports if he gets through waivers to play in the American Hockey League or even in the ECHL. So that's why I think uh, he'll end up being traded. A um, couple other things while we wait for Eck to get here. Um, the There are reports uh, that, um, that Cam Talbot, who was the uh, starter for Edmonton, then gets traded to uh, Philadelphia as the presumed future backup for Carter Hart, but then doesn't play. And now Brian Elliott's been signed with the Flyers that uh, Cam Talbot is going to go to Calgary. And Peter, the thing that's interesting here is one year contract, not yeah. multi year. So is this insurance against David Riddich that they're not sure that he's a number one and they have somebody who they think could be the number one? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. They were letting Mike Smith go. That was a no one. Yeah. And obviously so. I think Mike Smith can be something, but I don't think they're ready to basically switch roles in Calgary between Riddich and Smith in terms of one. Like, I just don't think that relationship was going to work for Mike Smith probably. So you bring in Cam Talbot. He gets to go back to the Battle of Alberta, stick it to the team that gave up on him and signed a guy who played 30 games to a $4 million a year deal. <laughs> and yeah. and what better motivation for a guy we you know you're going to see the other six times a season sure and you're right down the road in a in a far better organized club and you're going to have an opportunity to maybe potentially be the the number one guy or work in a 1a 1b scenario he, he there's there's no reason why he couldn't at least guarantee himself 30 games and that might have been might have been a scenario that he looked at and said, if I'm going to get another deal, I need to go into Calgary, a place with a very good defense, play my lights out and earn my next deal. And, this, and why not do it with a, with a team that's solid as opposed to trying to backstop a disaster, which is what he could have been doing in a number of places. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think this is sort of a no lose for Calgary because I think low yeah. risk. I mean, I, I don't know what the the cap figure would be, but I'm assuming it's going to be in the neighborhood of maybe two, two and a half, something maybe even something yeah. lower than that. If it, you know, it's low risk. You, you ideally you go with a one A one B scenario as you're talking about. Maybe Tal, maybe Talbot uh, steals the job. Maybe they go with him because he's more experienced. Um, we will have to let that play out, but uh, it's, it's a good fallback because, uh, I, you know, Smith played well in the playoffs, but I don't think he played well enough to instill any confidence that he'd be the, the goalie going forward next year. And now I think he's 37 years old. He's probably looking either at, you know, taking a one-year contract as a backup somewhere or retirement. So, um, good move by Calgary. We'll see what the salary is now, uh, a couple hours ago. There was a trade made between, or actually in the last hour, excuse me, uh, made between the Washington Capitals and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Capitals trade two draft picks in the 2020 draft, a second and third round pick, and Scott Kosmachuk to, uh, well, that's what, so excuse me, that's what the Capitals got. Uh, the what, what the Avalanche got is Andre Burakovsky, who's been rumored to be traded yeah. for at least a year, maybe a couple years. He's a restricted free agent. Um, Washington is really tight up against the cap, so he's probably he probably would have cost them too much to 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 sign to a new deal. Um, I like Burakovsky, Peter. I thought he played well when in, in the uh, Capitals Cup run. And, uh, you know, he's a good young player. And if you look at the, the Avalanche, they basically have nobody signed except for Landeskog, uh, Eric Johnson, McKinnon, and a few others. They're, they're almost yeah. a clean slate. And, and now you add Burakovsky, who's a solid center, can, you know, on some teams to be a second line center. And he's, got, you know, great. The central just gets more packed with talent and it just goes on and on you know you look at the price for him and you go and, and i haven't looked at anything in terms of numbers points you name it underlying numbers anything i haven't looked i'm just shooting right from the hip here with no idea but you look at what vancouver gave up for jt miller and you go wow is burkowski that much worse and he uh and this is what he got like you kind of again we go back to that to that deal on draft day right and we were all there for and we're like wow it's an interesting move benning and then you see this and you're like did he just just did this just sort of basically make him you know sort of hammer home the fact that he overpaid for miller maybe yeah and we've we we touched on the uh the truba uh, rumored signing and the Burakovsky trade that happened in the last hour uh, okay. going to Colorado. Um, so I've got the chat open here for later on for some questions, but it, uh, take over if you want. One second. Uh, turn up your volume a little bit. Yeah, hold on. I'll get you. I'll get you. Um, okay. Hold on. Just I literally, guys, just moved into this. This is my like you know bunker office for three for the next four days, and uh, we've got horrible traffic getting down here to the beach place. So I am like very discombobulated right now. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, no problem. Um, well, give me one second. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, Peter, the, the thing is with this trade, I mean, it doesn't affect what Colorado is going to have to do with Ranton. And I mean, if no. we, we think that, you know, Burkowski probably going to end up with a bridge deal, um, couple, you know, probably around three, three and a half million. That seems to be the range. Um, for you know his type of player, he's 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 
played pretty well, but he hasn't had a, a monstrous season that he's going to earn a big long-term contract with big money, which is, you know, that, that, that makes sense with Colorado. They have to have, I think they're failing last year. Now they won in the first round, but they're failing in terms of going deeper was the fact that they didn't have the offensive depth and they really need other than that big line, other than Landis, Gog, McKinnon and Ranton, and they need support for those players uh, and Burakovsky would be a fine second, third line guy for that team. Yeah, he will. And Burakovsky has a ton of upside. And now you throw him with some of that dynamic talent in Colorado that's younger, maybe not the um, the, the the same veteran pedigree that you have in Washington, right. but he's got some experience. I, I just... I don't see a downside for Colorado in this, that's for sure. It's certainly something that, um, you know, they've got the cap space. They only, well, now they have 28 contracts in the whole system, 28 out of 50. Yeah. That's no, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a, literally a clean slate. Like, if you were going to look at a model on how to rebuild, you figure out how Joe, where Joe Sackick started and what he's done. That's your model because however he's done it, it's going to pay, re, pay dividends and down the line. And, you know, I think that, I think probably there's some areas with Colorado that, you know, just to go on and talk about them, they've got to shore up their defense a little bit. And it remains to be seen if Barry's still going to be an avalanche, you know, next season or after that. Right. But, um, you know, they've got a little bit of issues with the, between the pipes. I think they've got to solidify that in some regard. Um, you know, find that guy who's going to be that <clears throat> true number one that they can build around for years, and we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, be after him for since the last season, and it never pulled the trigger. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, guys. Uh, sorry, so yes, let's uh, uh my thoughts on Trooper real fast. Um, this sounds right to me. It sounds, it sounds like it sounds like the deal, a deal that makes sense to me, actually. Um, yeah, I think Truba. Wise and term wise, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's and, and you know what I was a little surprised at was that you know the Rangers knew. Um, I mean, the Rangers must have known that he was going to sign there. Put it that way to make the trade. I mean, it's one of those situations where they didn't talk to him beforehand, but they must have talked to him a little bit um, to make this or, happen. Or because talk to, or talk to his agent. Yeah, or talk to his agent. Um, I expected him to, to play a little. I I expect this to go into the season for a little bit. I really didn't think they were going to sign it right away. Um, you know, they have to sign it. I mean, he's an RFA, so they've got to sign it. But I expect it to go into like the preseason before he would play. But well, they, um, made, they made the qualifying offer to protect themselves. So yeah, they did that. They did what they had to do. But I think it's it's a. I mean, it's it's what Trubas has wanted right for a very long time. So yeah. so now the, the the question is whether there'll be a corresponding move with the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers are are still in that rebuild. They got a lot of young players, but there has been speculation that if they went after a guy like Carlson. And they had to spend ten million dollars on Eric Carlson. Yeah. That maybe Shattenkirk would get moved out. Shattenkirk's got two years left in his contract, and you know I don't think I don't think Truba's a point guy in the power play. So I think Shattenkirk still has a role there. So uh, maybe they maybe they keep him. Maybe because they got a Truba for cheaper than what they would have had to pay Carlson, they they keep Shattenkirk for the and he's got a no move. So. Yeah. He's not going to go any place he doesn't want to go, but maybe they keep him and and hope that he has a, a bounce back year. Uh, yeah, I think I, I I it depends on what they're doing with Panarin, right? It depends like if they have if they're in the Panarin thing or not, because they're going to need money if they're in the Panarin thing. Um, 
you know, and and I believe that they are in the Panarin thing. So it's whether or not they actually make that move. You know, that's the question. I think that the question that I think is most interesting about Truba is is this a this is an RFA defenseman? Is does this set the tone at all for like Wawrinski, Provorov? Um, the difference, of course, is Truba is an older RFA, much right. older RFA defenseman, right? So the other guys are all coming off of their entry levels. So. I've heard a dozen, you know, like I talked to, I talked to an agent. I'm like, maybe this, thank God, maybe this set, sets the whole tone. And they said, no, you know, they said, no, it doesn't set the tone. So well, we yeah, really don't know yet. He's one year away from UFA and, yeah. and, and Wierenski and right. Robert right. So this had to be, yeah, this had to be higher, I think. And I think that, you know, I do think that yeah. this is not, he had all the leverage. He got he all the leverage. There. I don't think this is that far off of where those guys will be. Like, no. I think that this is probably where they'll end up somewhere in the seven and a half to eight million dollar range. On a on a fiber um, on a six or seven year deal. Yeah, like a six year deal, five to six years. Yeah. Not like, you know, I doubt I doubt any of them go to eight years. Um if and if, if anyone does it would be McAvoy, probably, but besides McAvoy, yeah. you know, because he's he's an obvious he's obviously the like one of the key building blocks for this Boston Bruins team. Um, yeah, and the, and they'll want to get term on a defenseman because that's what they do. I mean, they, by getting right. term, even if they're paying him say eight million bucks, like eight times eight. It's going to be a bargain down the road because once you know they they have all their other big guys Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak all locked up, all in all under seven million dollars. So they get right. McAvoy locked up. They got that core group locked up for the next four or five years. Right, right. Um, and I did something on the rumor chart that I would people when people had questions about. So I wanted to go into that a little bit for a second. I'm going to bring it up here so everyone okay. can see it. Well, while, um, while you're bringing it up, let yeah. me just mention this. Um, <laughs> The, the the Carolina Hurricanes continue to confound. They they and their Calder Cup winning head coach Mike Vellucci have agreed to part ways. I, I you know yeah. I, you would think that the guy wins the Calder Cup and you would re up him, and you would give him a raise. And this yeah. organization has right. dumped them basically. I, I don't get what Dundon is doing. I I, th I think it's disgraceful. Really, he is trying to. He, he is of the belief. Okay, I, I I talked to somebody. I remember that that interviewed for that job, and the, he he interviewed for the GM job there, and he was told that you know you have to take what Chike is making, which is when we found out that Chike is making like two hundred fifty thousand, which is way less than anybody I think expected him to be making in 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 Phoenix, right? Like he's a young young guy for sure, but two hundred fifty thousand for a general manager in the NHL. You know, like uh, most assistant GMs are making twice that. Like that's like that's that five hundred thousand is about your your standard assistant GM rate. So, you know, so so this 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 GM that I knew that was talking to him was like, no, I'm not going to take two hundred fifty thousand. Actually, I'm making more than that now in my other job in hockey. You know, so why would I do that, right, in the first place? So, th this is obvious. But he has the belief that he's like, listen, we can I can get people to do almost as good a job for less money and that's what he's thinking so he's going to go about that with these and he's, he did it with the goalie coach apparently too you know um who left there a little bit you know less ceremoniously but you know but but left there because of money from what i was told and uh yeah this is and now like you said an, a highly successful guy in the ahl and and, the, and a guy who's on a short list for a lot of teams as a and the weird thing about this is like think about this for a second they did well this year carolina like Carolina did well. They they had a very good year. They made the playoffs. They won a round in the playoffs. They they were 
What was that? They won two. They they got to the conference final. They won two. Right, they won two rounds. I'm sorry. Yeah. They won two rounds in the playoffs. This is what is happening when the team did well. Okay, like this is all. And the crazy thing about that's the crazy thing to me. It's like, did was he just? Did he think this just happened? You know, out of dumb luck. You know that all this occurred. Or does he think, you know, does he realize that there's good people that made this happen? Well, and and to that point, I, I mean, their team, their, their AHL team, which is filled with a lot of young prospects who are probably going to come up to the Hurricanes in the next year or two. Yeah. They had a lot of success. I, I watched them beat the Marlies in the, in the Eastern Conference final, the Calder Cup. Um, they had a lot of good young players. They just, tra- in, in the last week, they traded Sorella. Who yeah. was a Ranger draft pick? Who's going to probably be in the NHL? He was part of the uh, part of the deal with Calvin DeHaan, and and they traded Nicolas Watt uh, in a deal yesterday. Two of their two of their better young players. Yeah, and in I think in the in the one deal they got nothing. They got they got nothing back. Forsling and Anton Forsberg. So they're trading good young players and getting not much back for them. Yeah, and the other deal they got a really risky Eric Halla, you know, who's been hurt and has been up and down in his career. He had a good year two years ago, but it was almost as if they were like looking at it like, you know, they I don't know. I have no idea what he's doing, to be honest. And it's kind of it's either going to totally blow up in his face or it's going to like redefine the way teams do things because it's completely, you know, and, and it, it, I have it hard to believe, of course, it's going to redefine the way things do things, but it's, um, well, it's almost like anything that was, that was, uh, that had a tinge of Ron Francis is being eliminated. Oh, anything that had any tinge of anything in the NHL is being thrown out. It's not just Ron Francis. It's like anything that has to do with the NHL standards and norms in general, which I am usually a big fan of, by the way, like I like when teams go against the norm of the NHL. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not for, you know, guys who are underpaid and underappreciated being more underpaid and underappreciated. You know, that's what I feel like is happening. Like you know, like the this is you know this assistant, this assist, this coach, and you know for the for for Charlotte, the goalie coach. These guys were not making tons of money, and yet you know here they are being turned away. Um, the reality is like you have to. And then, and then also, I mean, the fact he went to Don Waddell and said, I'm going to pay you for, you know, either either to be the president or the general manager, but not both. That really, Don Waddell was really never paid to do both. He was, pay, he, was, he was paid to be the president of the team and ended up being the GM as well. Yeah. But it's not like his salary was suddenly doubled. D- Dundon got a buy one, get one free cute. Coupon. Right. And, is, and he, you know, he wants, but that's what he wants out of everything right now. And it's, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, I. I want to like this guy so badly. Like I want to like like a rebel with the NHL. I love that kind of stuff. Well, Peter, the thing that's interesting is that this rumor that we heard in Vancouver about Aho being offered six million on an eight-year yeah. deal. Everybody seems to think now that Aho is maybe the only guy who's going to get an offer sheet because they think there's an outside chance that Dundon won't match it. Yeah. Well, he's got. But it's amazing how many people floated this out there now, backtracking on it. Yeah, and well, this thing about that. I literally, I can hear the beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Well, here's the thing about that rumor, Peter. I'll tell you a little bit of backing up. Oops, got off, got wrong on that. A little inside baseball on that rumor, particularly. Okay, because, like I said, in my time doing this, there have been three people whom have really told me, told me bad, bad rumors in an attempt to like get me to say something that wasn't true at all. Who I have knew I don't talk to anymore at all. Because and it, there are three, and I talked to hundreds of people. There's three, okay, and, and who, one of them. Who behind? Who behind, uh, besides Alexander Day? 
<laughs> I don't know Alexander Digg. As not, I don't know him at all. I don't know who you know who that is. I know who Alexander Digg is, but I don't know who that is anyway. <laughs> no, but it, who besides Alan Walsh, you should say. So this is, um, but to, there's two others, okay? And this would be one of them. And because, and I'm, I am sure, and I can't, I can't, you know, that the person who told me this was the one who told Kiprios this too and told the other people because it was the same thing that, you know, this, this offer was not made by the hurricane. This, okay. this whole, this was not, this is not a real, and this is the kind of thing that does kind of piss me off. This, this, this is a Canadian thing trying to make Dundon look ridic more ridiculous. You don't have to try to make Dundon look ridiculous right now. You don't, you don't have to go out of your way. You don't have, you don't have to exaggerate things here. You can just let him let him go on his own merits right now because let, let him stew his own stew in his own juices. Yeah, this is um this is this is this is one of them. Okay, this is definitely one of them. And um and there's no so this is to me we don't know what Ahu was what Aho was offered. Um, but I talked to somebody who confirmed to me very very poignantly that that never happened. Okay. Um, that the six eight never happened and. That that really was that the, that the hurricanes were really pissed off that that was put out there by Canadian media and myself. You know, I got I got yelled at for it because it's just like so. I'm really that was one of those rumors that just didn't exist. Um, all right, so let me try. So let me show something real quick, guys. In the uh, in my rumor chart here, I'm share this with you. I'm doing something I haven't done before, and I think it's kind of fun. So I want I want your opinions on it. Um, okay. Because there are so many things going on, I've decided to take players who are normally normally rumor chart looks kind of like this. Let me stretch this out a little bit more for you guys. Um, that normally looks more like this, right? So you can see the teams, the percentage of teams that people are going to go to. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to take the RFAs and put a percentage on how close I felt like they were to signing. Okay, <laughs> so I earlier had Trubo on this list at eighty five percent. You know, he and he's he's done. I have Kachuk at eighty five percent. I think that's close to being done. Besser at 75, Point at 75, Proverb at 25, Marner at 35. So this is how close I see these deals are getting done. That doesn't necessarily mean they won't get done at all. I'm just saying, as based on what I've heard now, the distances between the sides. Before before a particular date? I mean, I mean uh, yeah, just just yeah. Let's say let's say I would say, yeah, that's a good point. I, I this is this is before July 1st, right now, okay. I would say. Okay, that's um, you know, um, yeah, because I would, it, it will change. Marner will change drastically after July 1st. And, you know, Provorov, you know, probably won't change as much. But oh. uh, I've got other guys down here too. I went to connect me. Um, Ryan Murray at 90%. That's pretty done, pretty close to being done, I heard. Yeah. Um, McAvoy 75, Warensky 65. So Rantanen at 80. So there's some, there's some, there are some people that I feel pretty close. They're getting pretty close to whom I'm talking to. Now, that being said, we still haven't yet to see anything along the lines of you know somebody stepping up and doing this actually so right. one person has to sign first and has to set the whole table on it but um well the the interesting thing yeah, that the interesting that that came out uh, today you know just listening to you know some of the uh you know the, the people in the know like like elliot friedman or burke or uh, other or, uh, bob mckenzie or lebron um is that there is a general feeling now that these RFAs are going to go longer. That it's not going to, this is not going to be that they're going to follow the William Nylander model. And the thing is for some of them, that makes sense uh, for some of them like Rantanen or, um, you know, maybe Aho looking to get, and, and their teams having a lot of cap space, they could, they could hold out. They could hold out through training camp. They could go all the way to December 1st, like Nylander did a, a situation like Marner, 
if that happens, if he goes into the regular season next season, he's sitting out the year because the Leafs, remember, Nealander's contract, the first year was front-loaded. It was over $10 million. After the regular season starts, that, ha- that would happen on Marner's contract, and the Leafs are so tight up against the cap that if Marner went into the season, I don't think they could fit him under the cap with a front-loaded first year. So that, for him and a guy like Braden Point, their windows are shorter. They can't force, they can't go into the regular season and force their teams to pay them what they want. Well, they can, but will they? they can, I mean, but it's you're, you're right. But I don't think uh, they're, they're sitting back. And if I'm Marner's agent, I'm like saying there's no way the Leafs aren't, are going to let me, are going to let that happen. There's no way the Leafs are going to let me sit out the whole season. Or, well, they're not, they're not going to cave. The thing is, I mean, what has been flow, and we, we know that things are going to be floated out in the media that are, maybe trial balloons and that happens in politics. It happens in sports. Uh, Elliot, and I'm not saying Elliot Friedman is floating out anything there, but he just, I'm sure he got uh, information from someone. Uh, the talk of a two year extension, a two year bridge at around 8 million per has, it has, co- has come out in the last 24 hours. And if you think about it with what is going on with the cap, you know, the next year, the cap is probably going to stay relatively low in the last year of the CBA. And then the, the U.S. the US TV contract and expansion money from Seattle comes in. They expect the cap to go up big time two years from now. The, if, they, if he signed a two-year deal and $8 million would be the highest bridge deal in the history of the league. Yeah. That then the money would be there to to sign him to a longer term extension. I, do I think it's going to happen? No, but I think it's a possibility, and it might We've be. Seen things like that happen before in situations like this. Sure, um, and it's not. It's not. It's not out of. It, it depends. I think. I think a lot depends on what happens with Nylander and Zaitsev. Like I wrote today, the fact that both of those guys are getting these big bonuses on July first mm-hmm. is is holding up. Is a bit of the, you know hold up of the domino effect that we want to see in the trades. Like we are going to see. I, I think you're set on there. Um, yeah. If both of those guys didn't have that going on right now. We would be seeing 10 trades a day versus two. There, there are some people who think a Zaitsev deal is all, is already done and they're just waiting. I think both might already be done. I, I really, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked at all if a Nylander deal wasn't already done. Um, and you know, if that's the case, then, you know, the Leafs know what the Leafs have their money to do what they want to do. The, the Leafs have to clear money. They have 5.9 million in cap space right now. They right. have options. And that's, but, and that's without putting Nathan Horton on LTIR. So yeah. more, more moves. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You do 8 million. You've got, you've got to make space. Yeah. yeah. You still have to make space at 8 million. And you know, I, I don't, I mean, I, I think that that's more where what he's worth, actually. You know, Marner. I think he's more of an eight or nine million dollar player than an eleven million dollar player. But you know, the, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to be very interested in seeing how that plays out. Now, we also wanted to talk, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Robin Leonard here because um, we talked yesterday, and I've been talking for a while about the fact that I don't think he's going back to the Islanders, and I think that they pretty much have decided not to the really fascinating thing. So now Arthur Staples came out and said the same thing. Arthur is way more connected than I am to the Islanders. So he would know, you know, for sure. I just have other sources telling me things like, and, and, and my Lou whisperer qualities, which I feel very proud of. I feel like he's not coming back. Um, but the one thing I'll say about my Lou whisperer qualities is that if he's not coming back, Lou has something else up his sleeves because Lou does not let the goalie position hang out there. 
So there's something that he knows. He knows whether that's whether that's Bobrovsky, which I don't think it is, right. but whether whether it's Varlamov, whether it's Cam Talbot, or whether it's something else that he really believes in. Like remember when it's he brought well, it's not it's not Talbot because there's reports out of Calgary he's going to sign a one year deal with the with the Flames. So it's well, yeah, I've been writing about that too. Calgary, Calgary, you know, bringing in Talbot and Maroon in their attempt to to put together the 2012 Edmonton Oilers. Um, <laughs> the Flames want to do that. So yeah, no, I think that that the um what I've you know, what I've really heard though, I mean Talbot is still is not signed yet. There's I think Calgary is where he's gonna go. But it, so it's not so it's Varlamov. Is it, you know, I don't know, is it somebody else? Is it Mike Smith? Who does who does Lou think is the guy there? Is the question. Because he wow. knows who the guy is. It's not Grice, you know, it, it's not gonna be Thomas Grice. It's somebody else if it's not Leonard. Is it Mirazek? I don't know, you know, like I don't think it's Mirazek. I would really be surprised. I mean, I know I, I've been waved off on this one a couple times, but I, I, I keep putting it together. A goalie who needs a change of scenery, who Lou acquired before, I keep I keep thinking there's a chance they trade for Corey Snyder. They'd probably get him for nothing for the next to nothing. They'd probably get the Devils to retain. Oh, they, would, they could get him for next to nothing, but the De Devils and Islanders making that deal would be really hard to imagine. Um, I, I know. And, and, just, and, and not to say it's impossible. I mean, it would have to be, Lou would have to really, 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 really feel comfortable yeah. with Snyder, which I don't think he would. Um, you know, he, he I, wasn't, no one should right now. That guy may have got the yips. Something's not right with Schneider. Yes. But, but it, yeah, it, no, that, there's no question about it. And, you know, and he, he played a little bit better last year and he played, I mean, he played a little bit better in the world championships for sure for us, but still that's just the world championships. Um, yeah, I think that yeah, there's something there's something to miss there. And but Lou knows it, it may very well be Varlamov. Or yeah. check this name out. I heard this today. Um, it could be Jonathan Quick. Okay, so if if Lou wants to bring in Jonathan Quick, that's not a bad idea for the Islanders. Like in my mind, it's like you can bring in a guy there who. You know, the well, Oilers, I mean, the, I mean, the Kings are rebuilding for sure. Yeah. They, and, they, and they have a goalie of the future in Cal, probably in Cal Peterson. Who they do. And they like, they like them. They like him a lot. Um, but if you have a Jonathan quick tandem, you know, with, um, with the other, with, with Grace, Christ. that's, that's a, that might be something that Lou prefers to Leonard. Cause I think the big thing about Leonard for Lou is, 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 is he going to be able to win in the playoffs? You know, like, is he going to be able to win in the key moments? Um, I mean, that, he wasn't the, pro he wasn't the problem in the second round against Carolina. The problem was they scored five goals in four games. Oh yeah, no, he wasn't the problem, but he also, you know, wasn't the solution in the playoffs. Really? He, he was good. He was, he was solid and, you know, he deserved everything he got this year, but you know, you know that a general manager and a coach just have a feeling on a guy like, you know, like where you can put quick in, you know, if you know that if you go to the playoffs with Jonathan Quick, you're in you're in good shape. You know, like you you would think that you would you you have a guy who's definitely proven that he can pick up his game at different times. And uh, if Jonathan Quick is healthy, of course, which is a big if, but still, you know, that to me is something that I could see. the The, the interesting thing about Leonard to me, though, I'm trying to get a point across, which I'm not doing very well because, like I said, I've been traveling in traffic for two and a half hours. But my point that I'm trying to get across is that if Leonard is not coming back look out because something big is going to happen. Like that is, that is the case. He's not going to sit back. It's not just going to be 
him right. signing like or trading for a Bernier or you know or some whatever no, he's going to no, do. No, no, he when it's when it comes to goaltending, Lou always swings big and for the fences. He came into Toronto, yeah, and he the first round pick that he got in the that the Leafs got in the Kessel deal to get Frederick Anderson. He he, he believed yeah. in building from the goal out. So exactly, yeah, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. And with a team that just won the Jennings Trophy and the goal, a goalie that won the Vesna, who the year before was a disaster in Buffalo, you put a goaltender in there like a Varlamov, who's can be spectacular at times. It might, you know, he might have a, a great year there. So it, they have a number of options. The question is where Leonard goes if he doesn't go back to the Islanders. And I think you said that there was talk about Columbus. Columbus, Carolina are the two that I've heard the most. Um, you know, the other one would be Calgary. Um, but if they but sign Talbot, they're probably if they sign Talbot, they're done. Yeah. Um, but what about San Jose? You know, like that's another one I thought about. Um, well, I mean, that's as a backup because unless unless you think Mar unless they are, they're not sold on Martin Jones and well, you know, I don't think they're sold on Martin Jones right now. I mean, I think that they would be that would probably be like a one and one a situation if they could. But, you know, that's San Jose doesn't have the money to do that, obviously. And they're trying to get Pavelski through. Yeah. If they lose Pavelski, things could change in San Jose. There could be there. But I think that, you know, until they lose Pavelski, I, th I would bet that San Jose and the way Doug Murray, Doug Wilson is doing things is he's assuming they're going to get Pavelski. Um, it's not going to be easy, but he's assuming they're going to get him and they're not going to have that money to spend. So if they don't have that money to spend, then it's a very different story. Do you want to take some questions, Zach? Sure. Let's take some questions. That sounds great. Um, from Barticus one, who is going to fleece Vegas with their cap space problems? <laughs> Will they be fleeced? Okay, I, I don't think they'll be fleeced, but they, they their problem is they're up against the cap. They're probably trying to trade David Clarkson's contract. He's got a bonus like Zaitsev, like Nylander after July 1st, so that might have to wait until then. The other name that's real popular out there, and I can attest to this, is Colin Miller, the defenseman. I know there's yeah. a lot of interest in him. But I know like in Toronto is interested in him, but they don't they have to move Zaitsev to open up the cap space to bring in another defenseman. So right. that which probably is, yeah, they're gonna and that, which they're gonna have to do. So I think that I mean I've heard another name too. Let me pull it up because I'm just it's in my little notes here. I'm just pulling it up. Like I say, I'm not organized yet down here in my office. Usually I'm way more organized than this. But um yeah, the the team that I heard, I mean the player that I heard from Vegas that was available that people weren't talking about was um and this is kind of you know an interesting one because you would think that this guy is for sure going to stay there, you know, because he has had such a great, you know, great time there, but there have been teams that have been trying to get Alex Tuck out of there. Um, okay. And I like Alex Tuck a lot. Like I, I would jump on him if I would, if I could completely, but, um, he's a big but body. Yeah. He's I mean, a big body. He's and he, I think he's a, I think he's a really talented guy. I mean, there were Jonathan March or so rumors as well. I don't think that's going to happen, but, yeah, I mean, they have like I mean, they when you look at their two lines, they've got you know they've got their big two lines. After that, you know, pretty much they're going to have to move somebody else off of who's not going to be on those two big lines that's making some money. And Tuck is making four point seven five. Yeah, but he signed for another six years, so that's yeah. Like he's a big buddy, but if you believe in him, and, and I, I mean, like, I honestly think he could be a bargain at four point seven five for another six years. Sure. So to uh, me, that that's not a bad one. Okay, scanning here. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, somebody asking me, Funky Cold Zadina asking me, how do I think the Leafs situation will play out? Mar Marner, Nealander, Kadri, et cetera. Uh, I'll just I'll limit it to Marner. I, I think that 
um, I think it's going to get done. I don't know if it's going to get done soon, but I think I don't think it's going to last till training camp. I think both sides want to get it done. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an offer sheet. I think it's all bluff and bluster. I don't think there's going to be one. Yeah, I, because I don't I, honestly. I do not think that a in in. I love the the commentators who are coming out there talking about what it would take for um, Marner to sign an offer sheet. Hey, it gives us something to talk about. That's all I can say. Yeah, is it a team? Is is there a team out there that is going to offer Mitch Marner? Nick Kiprios today said somebody's going to have to offer Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner more than McDavid, more than McDavid, meaning yeah, over twelve and a half million dollars a year. So some team out there is going to offer Marner thirteen million at whatever how many years and give up four first round picks. That is not worth it at all. There's no way on the spot. If he does it, there's no way it's worth it. He's not like I said before, if you were getting him at $8 million a year, it's not worth four first round draft picks. The bottom line is that's like the Marner is not worth four first round draft picks as a player. The the point here is if you're going to do that at eight or $9 million is an offer sheet, you're doing it for some other reason to mess with the Leafs because the end game isn't there. So you're trying to pressure something else. Well, Kapanen and what's his face? Um, Janssen yeah. are signed. So, mm-hmm. what, what's like your end game? Yes, go ahead. Janssen. Yeah, sorry, I just could draw a blank. Um, uh, are signed. So, what's your end game? What are you trying to do? The only other reason Marner signs an offer sheet that's somewhat affordable is that he hopes is that he somehow changed his mind. He wants to be gone and that relations are bad. And you take yeah. that risk, hoping that they won't match and go from there. In that case, request a trade. But right. this is all going to come to an end soon unless Marner decides he's doing the Nylander path. And I think that would be a dumb thing to do. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. That, that's, that's your risk. You taint yourself and you give up a year of production. It's the whole thing is ridiculous because, like I said, I mean, there's just, he's, he's a great player. He's a top line player there's no question about it he's not an 11 million dollar player he's not a 10 million dollar player he's not a nine million dollar player he might be mo he's been eight plus million dollar player in my mind and uh you know that that's where i am with marner i mean it he's got to prove more than that like if he wants to if he wants to take a it, I mean, he, if he takes a short deal like that maybe by the time two years are up he's proven that he's an 11 or 12 million dollar player and he takes that step into like nathan mckinnon area but he's not there that's not where he is you know, he's just not that good. I mean, and that that's nothing against him. He's a great player, but I feel like all these RFAs think they're the next best thing since sliced bread right now, you know, and they're, they're good. I mean, Provorov is, Provorov is good, but he's not that good. Like he's, he's, he's shown ups and downs. These, these are still so young. That's like I said, the difference between Truba and these guys, you know, Truba has shown in the NHL what he can do for a lot longer. These guys haven't, I mean, these guys have had three years. You know, to and that's just not enough to 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 warrant that kind of money unless you are like a generational player, like a McDavid or a Matthews, and and these guys aren't. They just aren't. Oh, in regards to our goaltender talk with the Islanders, uh, Anthony Kennard asks, "What about Jake Allen to the Islanders?" Now, I, I and this might be sort of like what Toronto did with Patrick Marlowe. Well, Patrick Marlowe is going to be back, and then 24 hours later, he's traded. Um, I heard St. Louis basically come out and say, "Oh, we're going to keep Jake Allen." Uh, yeah, I heard that too. I, I but the thing is, I don't know how you can keep Jake Allen. 
and pay Bennington four, four, four and a half million dollars on a on an extension, then yeah. you're spending eight million dollars on goaltending, and the goaltender who was the number one is not somebody that you probably trust. So I, I think if the, if if somebody offers something reasonable for Allen, that Allen will be going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, but I, I don't think, I mean, I think Bennington at four and a half is very, very hopeful. Like, I think that that's, I don't, I mean, you just, he just won the Stanley cup, you know, like Bennington yeah. is a tough contract to sign because you have no idea what he, whether, you know, he's, he's all that or not, you know, it's, 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 it, and it, a lot of people are comparing that are you coming with the four and a half million dollar because they're going, comparing it to Matt Murray, I think. And I think that's where they're going with it. Right. But Matt Murray's contract was a couple years ago, so you can put yeah. some inflation in there. I think Bennington's five and a half, and I don't think it's I don't think it's less than that. And nor do I think it should be. I mean, he did just win a Stanley Cup. There's no two ways about that. Uh, a couple little other questions here in the chat room that I saw um, on the Predators. Jeremy Piper wants to know what happens. Um, a, a couple questions about Matt Duchesne visiting. Um, what happens if Matt Duchesne signs with Nashville? Is there any interest in Taurus or Benino out there? Um, probably I honestly have heard Benino. I've heard some stuff about Taurus today that I didn't expect that there are some people who are interested. I didn't think that contract was movable at all. I still don't, but it's more movable <laughs> than I thought it was, you know, like to, just because I talked to somebody today who says that he still does have his believers out there. I um, mean, I mean, remember there was talk yeah. about, there was talk about Buffalo having interest in Taurus, but it was conditional on Nashville retaining some salary, similar to how right. Nashville would have had to retain salary on Subban to get a deal done with teams like Toronto and Vancouver. I don't know if Poyle wants to retain a couple million bucks, but he might have to. I think it's the- very different with Taurus where I think you do have to. Like yeah. I think Subban is still Subban. He's still PK Subban. He's $9 million, but he's still PK Subban. He brings, a, he brings a lot to your team. He's still a top two defender. He's going to sell enough jerseys to pay for that extra $3 million or whatever. He's going to do that's going to happen with PK. You know, it's like you're fine with PK Savan. Um, but tourists, they know they're going to have to keep him. It, it's a matter of whether they can get rid of him and keep, and, you know, keep as little as they possibly can. Um, I don't think, though, and again, I've said this, that, that, that Duchesne is going to end up in Nashville. I just don't. I'm, and so Jeremy also asked, who else are they interested in? And I, I do believe, again, I've said this before, I do think that Nylander is a is a to Nashville is a real serious rumor. Um, it, it would it would have it would have to be because it would have to be a two for two, because the the aim of the Leafs in any deal that were that would involve Nylander or Kadri, you would have to be getting a top four defenseman back. And right. after trading Subban, I can't see. Nashville trading an Ellis or they're not, I don't think they're trading Yossi. I don't think they're trading at home. I think it would be Ellis that would be the target. He's I think right Ellis is a, is a, is a serious possibility. But, um, but I think that, I think that, that Nashville would have to get a defenseman back. Maybe that would be Zaitsev. Uh, but yeah, I think it would I mean, be, be I mean, I, or, or they don't because I mean, Nashville does have a really good stable of young defensemen. So they might think they're okay, or they might think they can sign somebody you know, a $2 million guy or something like that. Um, they, they're looking for like a five, six defenseman back, you know, not, not like a one, two. Um, but Ellis, Ellis is a good, Ellis would be a great fit in Toronto. Ellis, um, Ellis would be, uh, Ellis would likely be on the top pairing in Toronto with more. Yeah. He's a right-hand shot. He can play the yeah. power play. He's got a big shot. Um, and he was very disappointing for the predators last year. Um, after being, after in, after, big, yeah. Yeah. After really like, 
his star shining brightly on their Stanley Cup run where Ellis was just the guy, you know, like he was amazing during that run. Um, and 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 he and he fit he fit, he sort of fits the MO of the Dubas run Maple Leafs. He's a smaller player, yeah. very quick, good hockey IQ. That they like that type of player. So, but I it it would be a, it, I mean, I think it would have to be a multiplayer deal for that to work, but it it's not impossible. Now here, here's something that's impossible. John Krupp in the chat, could you see Malkin with the Rangers with Panarin? I don't think. No. I don't think the. I don't think the Penguins are trading. No. Malkin. I don't know why this keeps no. coming out, Peter. I don't either. They like to keep Malkin what? on 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 edge for some reason in Pittsburgh, and they like yeah. to make him not think he's. Well, he's they, they, don't, everyone, they don't want Malkin to think he's secure for some reason. I've heard, noticed this about them. They do this game that they play with him once in a while. I don't know, but I don't think at the end of the day are they going to trade him. I don't think they are now. Between the fan base hating Phil Kessel for you know using his contractual nego contractually negotiated rights of his limited no trade clause to wanting to jerk Malkin around, I just don't understand what Pittsburgh fans and, and stuff are thinking. Like, were the two cups not worth it to you to have these problems? That's yeah. what you get, right? You yeah. won back to back Stanley Cups. And this is the fallout of it. Sorry, you can't win all the time. It's like when Chicago fans started, you know, grieving, you know, and getting grumpy about their situation. You won three cups over five years. Was yeah. that not enough for you? Yeah. Like, this is what happens. They built a winner. It's no longer a winner. It's going to take time. Yeah. Enjoy. Remember the good times and be happy you had them. There's teams like Buffalo and Vancouver who have never tasted that in yeah. 50 years. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and the, the the thing it, it it continues to sound like there's a marriage there between Tyler Myers and Vancouver. And oh. as, you know, I know I know I know that uh, that everybody in Vancouver was hoping that the 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 cap recapture penalty would scare them off from Myers, but it it continues to sound like that's where he's going to go, yeah. and it's just a question of how long and how much. It does. It really does. Um, and I'm I'm a little surprised by it. I have to say, um, I don't think that it's. I think I think you have to realize that there's going to be other teams involved in it though too. So I, and I think that there already are other teams talking to Myers as well. I don't think it's just Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver um, has a lot of leaks this year for some reason. You know, they they yeah. came really they came unbelievably close. Okay, to getting Tyson Barry at the draft. I mean, just to the point where, you know, and it wasn't just me. I mean, I re I reported it, but it wasn't just me. If you if you if you went yeah. back and listened to it, sorry, um, it was a lot of people. Yeah. I got it. If you went back and listened and watched that on television at all, you would hear at the time time I was putting up that I was hearing Tyson Barry rumors. There they were set, you know, McKenzie's on there saying, Well, you know, Vancouver's about to make their pick. If they're gonna make that pick and not trade it, like it, it was out there everywhere that that pick was gonna be part of the deal for Tyson Barry. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop here in a couple minutes here just um and yeah, I the one, on. one thing I have to say because I you know it makes a lot of sense that Colorado is shopping Barry because he's got a year left in his contract. They got Makar, they they draft they drafted Byram. He's probably going to be be there within a year within a year or two. They have um, um, Sam Gerrard. They have a, some good young defensemen, um, and you know Makar is probably ready to take over as the point guy in the power play for Barry. But the problem is yeah. that Barry's contract is over five million. Now they could retain salary if they wanted to make get a good return, but I, I know that you reported the, the, the Leafs might be in on them. That's it yeah. would take some major, 
major shuffling to be able to open up that cap space for well, you have to move you have to move um you know the, the kneelander is what you have to do if, those, right. if both those guys go um and even then you know you're in you have to deal still deal with marner of course but it would have to be a marner like eight million dollar two-year deal like you're talking about right and and zaitsev and kneelander gone and then you could make it you could make that happen um depending on depending on how much they retain or if they retain anything at all but i i mean i've somebody in colorado who said the second they drafted Second, the Avalanche drafted the defenseman, you know, um, right off the bat. It was they said if that if that defenseman goes, you know, Barry knows he's gone. And and, yeah. and he knew it. And that and at that point, there was no way because they have the other young defenseman, too, is coming in and they just need they don't need Tyson Barry right now. That's and, and right. Tyson Barry is an interesting guy because he's he is way better than people realize, I think. Um, and I think that he could go someplace else and be. A dangerous player like i think that could be maybe the best player toronto could get. i've always i've always referred to referred to him as a right-handed jake gardner he's he's a double-edged sword he is really good offensively he can yeah. he can quarterback a power play but he's he's a he's a disaster his own defensively he yeah he, more he, he work on that. but the thing about barry is is and one thing if you watch the playoffs in the calgary colorado series what he has figured out is he gets the puck out fast and that Colorado attack is as fast as it comes in the league. And Barry, when he's on the ice, boom, it's gone. Like, and yeah. they're off. And, and and if you want to get in a track meet with the Colorado Avalanche, God, that, that's the case. I mean, he reminds me so much of Duncan Keith early on. Um, and you know that that's that's how highly I think of him. I mean, he, Duncan Keith, that was the same thing, just all speed. But it took Keith a while to get it together. People don't really, people think of Keith as like this immediate overnight success. It wasn't the case in Chicago. He was getting yeah, scratched. By this, by this time in his career, I mean, Barry's, I think 20. Was, this, this is the time when in his career, when he was getting it together. You're right. But it, it wasn't much before this. And, and if, if, a, if a team like Toronto is trading for a guy like Barry, it would have to go hand in hand with an extension. They're not going to trade. They're not going to trade the players. They would have to trade to get them and have them walk away after a year. So that, that, that's, that would complicate things in my in my book. Yeah, possibly. Well, guys, um, that's it for now. Monday we'll be back, um, and we'll it'll be it'll be Canada Day. It'll be Happy UFA Happy Day. Free Agent Frenzy Day. It'll be Free Agent Frenzy Day. Um, I'll be right here, um, and I'm probably not going to leave this desk until then. <laughs> so um, I'll be right here, and, and we'll be talking, and we will be doing our best show for you, probably starting somewhere around 10, 30, 10 o'clock, somewhere in there, depending on what seems to be going on. But um, And we'll stay on as long as we have to. And you remember last year, guys, we stayed on a long time. Yeah, um, we were there a while. Until, uh, until, you know, and then, and we, we, and even then we didn't stay on long enough to get Tavares to, uh, Toronto. No, no, no. We got Tavares. Remember I, 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 I jumped, I was at the coffee shop in Toronto and jumped off just as the Tavares mm -hmm. announcement was made. Right. That happened right after, right after we went off the air. Yeah, I remember right. that. Yep. And then you were at the Tavares press conference before you knew it. That's true. All right, guys, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Have a great, wonderful weekend. Um, Fourth of July weekend, sort of for people, maybe, I don't know. It depends. It seems like it, there's a ton of traffic coming to the beach. I'm thinking people are taking next week off for the 4th of July here in America. Remember that the buzz is just hockey. We will talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.